Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another brand new episode of the Define University podcast. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am your host. So excited to dive into this next conversation today. And um, it's one that, that I'm just, I'm so excited to dive in. So we're not going to waste any time. So I would love to introduce Dr. Will. Welcome to the Define You podcast. Hey, uh, Lindsay, thanks for bringing me on the podcast. Uh, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, so we had the pleasure to officially connect um, a few weeks ago. As, as I was on your show, and I love that um, I'm getting to bring, you know, a little bit of Dr. Will to the Define You community. Um, so before we dive in, can you just kind of introduce yourself a little bit, kind of where you are, what you do, all that good stuff? All right. Well, uh, I'm Will Deamport. I am a district and instructional technologist for K-12 through school district. Uh, I am also the uh, director of the Entrepreneur and creator and host of the Dr. Will Show podcast, uh, where I bring on educators and entrepreneurs to talk about how you can monetize uh, your talents. And I like to tell people that I am a uh, an online Padawan working on Jedi status. I love it. I love it. So, so many things we can dive into. When when you kind of think about yourself as an educator, you know, I love starting with mission because I think mm-hmm. that's like at our core, right? I think that is something that I think every educator should have and know is their mission. And, and sometimes we don't, we lose sight of it. Um, so I would love to start there, but then I definitely want to kind of pick your brain on the, the entrepreneur side and kind of the business side. If there's people listening that are like, I have an idea, what do I do? Right. But thinking about your mission, what is it that you would say is your mission as an educator? I want educators to understand that education does not exist within the confines of your four walls. Your classroom is not this isolated little room three and building A. That learning now is anytime, anywhere, any place, on any device. And that we are definitely teaching a mobile generation of learners who don't know anything about going to Blockbuster. They don't know anything about waiting for anything because they live in a completely online, on-demand world. And that education should keep up with where we are and with the students that they teach. And I want them to be excited about where things are going. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. You you mentioned Blockbuster and I like totally went back to like high school. Like, yeah, they don't they don't have that. Right. The fun of like a Friday night, you go and see what's out. And if it's like that new release, you got to get there early. Otherwise, it's gone. Right. So it's yeah, it's all those all those pieces that that are so um, just unique to generations, right? And being being okay with that change and, and being, you know, that, that forward thinking almost, um, but accepting that I think is huge. So I love that you brought that up. When, when we're thinking about, you know, taking this talent. So I love what you said earlier about like monetizing your talents, right? How did you know, or I guess maybe when did you know that you had this talent of podcasting, of connecting with educators, of, 
um, really helping to to talk about you know making money as a teacher. When when did that kind of come to the the forefront for you? It was just a long process. I remember asking Eric Eric Scheniger. Uh, I called him my Yoda. And I said, Eric, man, I'm trying to be like you. Uh, how do I get to your level? And Eric said, you need to create content. Now, he meant blogging. But I was like, there was no way in the world I was going to blog consistently to build that type of an audience. And so I remembered the job I had previously before the district. And my job was to create content for the social network, for this, this uh, education coaching company that I was working for. So I decided, well, let me, I enjoyed those interviews. I created this different show. So let's do that my way. And I just created all of these shows and I did like three years, right? I did three years of ed tech, but no one was listening, right? And it was, and I had the same, I kept rehashing the same people as well. And no one was listening. So I had like 36, 3,700 plays in a year. And I was starting to get bored with it, too, because, you know, I mean, you know, as a podcaster, you need to be consistent. And so I was just I was just like, I'm, I'm just bored out of my mind to do another episode on it. And at the time, I was tired of my job as well. And I was like, I do not want to talk about this anymore. And I'd always had a fondness of personal development, career development, and finances. And I had just decided I'm done with ed tech. I got to do something different. You know, I, I need to breathe. And I, I interviewed Pernille Rip, and that next interview was about money. And I just started doing episodes. I started, I, I don't know, Jeff Bradbury and I got on the phone. We started talking. He said, hey, man, check out your Google Analytics. And I looked and it was like that first year of making that switch. I had twenty seven thousand plays. So I had gone from thirty seven hundred previously to twenty seven thousand. And I said, oh, OK, people want to listen to this. And that's when I decided I was done with the other stuff. And I, I'm I'm committing to this type of content. Oh, I love that so much because I think so often we can get kind of stuck in that rut, right? Of we, I started something, I got to keep doing it. And, you know, I hear that from educators that I coach a lot, you know, I can't walk away because I said yes to it. And I said, you know, there's a difference between walking away from fear, right? And that I, I can't do it. I, I'm, I'm that, that fear based. I said, if it's not serving you though, right? It doesn't get you excited. It doesn't light you up. You can have all the content in the world, but it's not going to be received. Like, like and just by making that shift, I think that's amazing that it really opened up this area. One that people needed. Clearly, they were they were into it, but it was also reigniting your fire, right? It, was, it sounds like it was getting you like a lot more invested in creating that content. Um, and I love that you did. Was you even though maybe blogging was the idea, you took it and totally defined it for you. Right. And I think that's so important for people to know. Um, do you have any, you know, and I don't know if this is something educators have asked you about, but if they are wondering, like, kind of where to get started and kind of thinking, what is my like my modality? Right. I'm not the best example because I do 10 different modalities. <laughs> I tend to do them all. Um, do you have any advice that you give educators on kind of where to start when they're they're thinking about doing some content creation? Do what not only excites you, but what you know you can do consistently, right? Because in order for you to build that audience, 
you have to be consistent. And if you know that you are not a writer on that level, so being able to put out at least one blog post uh, a week or one blog post every two weeks, then blogging isn't for you, right? And so you you also have the opportunity to make a vlog. You know, if video is your thing, you know, you can vlog, but maybe you don't want to vlog, but you're like, man, I'd make these great tutorials for my students in my class. Hey, if that excites you, create tutorials because there are other teachers out there who are like, how do I use Schoology or how do I use Cami? Uh, create those tutorials with a YouTube channel where teachers can go get that information. Uh, or, you know, you have the, the podcast. And even with a podcast, what is your format? Are you going to be a podcaster who says, hey, I'm going to do these episodes where I, I just sort of talk and I don't have a guest on? Or are you going to have a show where you bring in guests? I like to bring in guests because they become the subject matter experts and I don't have to worry about filling up time just talking. You know, uh, I don't think people want to hear me, you know, talk for 20 minutes straight anyway, but uh, just being able to have that conversation, let someone else uh, shine and bring their knowledge and their gems. And so that's how I fell in to that. Now I write, but I write for pay because I do it when that op- when the opportunity comes up, but I'm not going to sit there, which I need to, I'll talk to my wife. I say, Hey, you know, we need to start putting this on our website, some sort of piece, you know, once a month or what have you. But I knew there was no way I was going to do that. And so if it kills you to create it, if you dread it to do it, then that's an indication of that is not your lane. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And it, it, it really does get to be that simple, right? But I think sometimes we overlook that. If you, and, I, and I've done that, I've done that with projects, right? I've gotten halfway through the project and I'm like, nope. I like every time I pull it up on my screen, I'm like, mm, nope doesn't mean it's gone forever. It's just not, it's not what's meant for right now. I've done that with jobs. You know, I've, I've found other jobs because I had similar thing. I would wake up in the morning, like, I don't want to go. And I'm like, all right, if I already don't want to go and I'm not there yet, (laughs) this is not going to end well. And, you know, so I think that's so important. And, you know, I think the other thing you were, you were getting at is one, yes, it's got to excite you something you can commit to consistently. And again, whatever consistent works for you, you know, means for you. But it's, and then it's, it is okay to dabble into other things. Like you mentioned, like I, I'm the same thing. I'm not a blog writer. I do write blogs. You know, I have a monthly blog series uh, for Teach Better, but I don't blog on my website. It's not something, it's not a, it's not a medium that like works for me for all my content. I'd rather do a video. I'd rather turn on my, my podcast, you know, hit record and just talk to the microphone. Um, but I do enjoy writing at times. So it's okay to, you know, dabble into other things. Um, but I think I love it. You, you know, have that, have that kind of one thing where you're going all in right at that consistent piece. So let's, let's kind of then take it that next step. So maybe someone's been doing that. They've been blogging, they've started a podcast and it's kind of at that hobby level, right? And now they want to start to really monetize it. Now they really want to start to, you know, have that value added in both in the energy and time investment, but now in the financial investment, where do you recommend educators get started if they're thinking about making that shift from hobby to business? Figure out that one thing, that one problem that you saw and understand how you do it. So I talk to teachers on blended learning and online learning. One person in the field who does this very well, very popular is Dr. Catlin Tucker. Uh, I am not Dr. Catlin Tucker and I'm not trying to be 
Dr. Catlin Tucker, right? So in saying this is my one problem to solve, I understand that I have to do it my way. And my way is always about simplifying things to its basic level because, you know, I like to tell people I'm a minimalist, but my wife just like to say you lazy. So I just like to keep things like really simple. So even when I'm talking to teachers, it's we're going to create this because it's going to be really simple for you to go back and replicate it and put your own secret recipe in it when you're creating your your classroom in an LMS. So I don't throw jargon. I don't throw a lot of stuff. It's like when you leave me, you're able to go because I keep it just like that. And so figure out what you do, how you do it and embrace it. Right. If you're goofy and you like to put a lot of star spangled banner bannerness in what you do, keep doing it. Right. Uh, because you have to be you. And so figure out that one thing and then people have to know who you are. Right. So you have to get on social media. You have to share the content that you are creating based upon that one thing and you have to hit conferences now things are a little different because you know we, we we're still in the pandemic but if there's an if there's a local conference that you don't mind going with a mask on you go hit that conference virtual conferences you go present at those conferences because people have to know who you are and at some point you have to come in front of people who write checks because until you build a reputation where people are reaching out to you, then you got to reach out to people and people have to know you are. So I spent years uh, presenting at conferences and conferences and conferences. And it got to a point to where between that and between the relationships uh, that I had accumulated on Twitter is that that first job hit and it came out of nowhere because I wasn't expecting it to come, but it was that first gig. And I was looking at that first check and I remember that first check. It was $2,300. And I was saying to myself, like, I just made $2,300 in seven hours doing what I would have done all day at my regular job. I said, Ooh, this is fantastic. But even then I didn't take it seriously after that. I was just like, wow, that is amazing. And then I had another job that just kind of dropped into my lap. And I said, oh, that was $3,000. Fantastic. And then from there, that's when I sort of said, okay, let's really get serious about this. Let's really define that one thing. And from there, I was able to get other gigs that people came to me about because people on Twitter, people on LinkedIn, they knew that one thing for me was online learning. They knew they were Schoology. And that's what you really want is get to that point to where you don't have to hustle, but people recognize you for that one thing and they're coming to you. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I, I love that you brought up. Like, it's not about, you know, hustling, working 25 hours in a 24 hour day, right? It, it really is about aligning to what it is that, that you're excited about. Um, I also, I love that you brought up embrace who you are. I mean, that's, you know, that's ultimately what Define University is all about. And it's, and it is that, you know. I am not, you know, the most sarcastic humor, like all of those don't, they're not me, right? I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, you know, I'm me, but that's, that's who I am, right? And so if I were to come on and try and do a video that, you know, where I am, all the theatrics and, and this and making jokes and things, it would feel so awkward um, and it would be awkward for my audience, right? But it can be so easy to fall into that comparison trap, right? We can get stuck comparing ourselves to other people, especially if we, deem them, you know, and, and further along than we are and, and those pieces. So you kind of mentioned a couple of things, but 
when, you know, in that, you know, you're not Catelyn Tucker, like you are, you are Dr. Will, right? So as you've gone through your journey, have there been strategies or just things that you've thought about to, to stay kind of focused on you and, and not fall into that comparison track? Because I know that's something that a lot of educators can fall into. I just was decided, you know, just let it rip because, you know, I'm friends with, with, with Tom Murray and I'm, I can see it. He, he keynoted a conference. Uh, our Mecca State Iliad, it's the affiliate conference. And the night before, you know, we got a chance to hang out and all that stuff. And uh, he gets on stage and Tom is telling a story. So I'm sitting in the audience, like this is my friend. And he's talking. And all of a sudden, I'm looking around the room and people are having napkins and paper towels and wiping their faces because they're being moved to tears. And I was like, that will never, ever be me. And once I saw that, I said, Mm-mm, I am not in this game to try to be anybody. I'm just going to let it rip my way. And ever since then, that's just what I do. And I like to have fun, right? I even had a session that, you know, I was I was doing this this virtual uh, session with, with a bunch of teachers and I'm going over things and I'm saying, OK, anybody got anyone has any questions? It's like real quiet, real quiet. I said, okay, now you know I'm the teacher today. So since you don't want to say anything, I'm calling names, right? And so as I'm looking at my Zoom, I'm like, hi, right, Miss Johnson, come on, talk to me. And the next thing I know, everybody was kind of, you know, it came looser, and we just started having having a good time. But it, it, I didn't, I knew that just like now, like I, you know, I don't want to compare this to dating, but you can't put on a false, <laughs> a false sense of something when you're trying to get to know somebody. So you can't do the same thing when you are presenting or creating this business. Like you just got to be you and and understand and and be okay with the fact that you are not going to be for everybody, right? Some people, your style, your your way of doing things is not going to connect with them as an audience. Is not going to work with what that school district is trying to do. It's not going to you know that podcast episode you put out, uh, that blog post you put out. You know how you present yourself on Twitter and all those things. Some people are not going to like that, but be okay with it. You know, like, like I don't care if you don't like me, you know, <laughs> like it's not going to change my life. You know, I don't want to say it bluntly like that, but uh, I'm okay with being disliked because I understand that in the work that I'm doing, I'm not going to be for everyone. And you have to know that, right? I mean, you just really got to know that, that when you're in this game, the people who are attracted to you will ride with you. And that's who you need to feed. You don't need to be worried about worried about those who are not feeling you. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, I, I was going to say I think, but it's not even a thing. I know how valuable that information is because I lived it. You know, as, as I'm, I'm two years into my business now, and I probably spent the first year comparing myself, you know, oh, she just did this. So I'm going to go do that. Right. Oh, they made this on him. I'm going to go make this. Right. And I would do exactly that. Um, and you know, one of my coaches, I have a post-it right next to me that says, uh, will they judge me versus they will judge me. And I had to do all this inner work on that second part, right. They will, (laughs) I'm putting things into the world. It will be judged. And I'm now to the point where, yeah, I don't, I don't second guess it. You know, in fact, I, I posted something on my Instagram yesterday and somehow the, the cover got messed up and it looks, it looks ridiculous. Like it's the funniest picture, but, and I was, part of me wanted to change it, right? Part of me wanted to be like, oh, take it down. It's terrible. But another part of me said, no, that's, that's what happened, right? That's, that's the, it's like the frame of the video, right? And it's always, always catches you at like the worst 
you know, angle, so to speak. But I just think it is so important. I love what you said, like just decide, right? Decide that this is me, decide this is who I am and decide that, and trust, right? I relate that a lot to trust and just do it. And then if it's working great, if it's not, but it doesn't align with you, change it up, right? Change how, how things are going. I think that's so, so key for, for, I think both, right? Educators in the classroom or in a school, as well as those um, doing a business or starting to build a business. Um, I, I know something for me that, that I, and I, and I've shared this a couple of times, but for me, I, I never thought of, or, and I still don't, I don't think of define you, um, as a side hustle. I don't think of it as something on the side. Uh, for me, the mindset behind it, did it work? I felt like I was always giving like second energy to it. Right. And so I actually flipped it. And I, even though I work, I work, you know, K-12 as behavior specialist for a public school, um, you know, during the day, um, I still look at define you as like the umbrella. Right. And, and my job is a funnel of Define University. And, you know, I don't necessarily have like a question, but I think, you know, have you, you know, in, in helping educators either like build business or just interacting with them, any, any tips or thoughts on, on yeah, how to, you know, really be, be able to give effort and energy into a business if they are working full time? You just have to, you have to work it. And I'm saying this knowing that there's a lot of work that I'm not, you know, putting in. But if you want it to be successful, right, you're going to have to work, whether it is putting out that free content or you putting together uh, programs so that when that school district says, hey, we want you in, that you're ready and that you can, based upon their needs, you tweak something to fit them specifically, but that you're not building from scratch because that can become a problem if you're going to say, I'm going to be working with someone long term or I'm going to go from here. I got this gig lined up after this gig. I'm going to this gig and the next gig. You don't want to be creating stuff from scratch from everybody because that is going to be a problem for you. That will be a lot of work. So you want to make sure that you put together the basic skeleton of your program. And then again, based upon those conversations, you can say if they say, hey, we want to focus on uh, how do we organize our course? Then you know, OK, well, let me focus but this one I focus on here. If someone wants to say, well, we want Schoology or Canvas training, and he's okay, well, I'm going to focus this on this. We do that. But, you know, it got to be there. Just like I hear a lot of speakers who do the same thing. So I like, this is my overarching speech, right? Sort of my go-to three or four speeches. But based upon the audience where I'm going, I tweak something to make it personal and special for them. Because you don't want to be in a situation where you're always creating, 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 creating new stuff from scratch. Uh, and so you, you you have to work. There are going to be times that you're not going to want to work, but you're going to have to. And even if it's just a little something, you have to do that little something because when you get that phone call or that opportunity becomes available, you want to be ready because these people who are writing that check, they may come to you today and say, I need you next week. And you don't want to say, well, I'm not ready for next week. <laughs> you want to be like, okay. I'm good. Let's go. Let's do this. So that's why you want to make sure that you're always consistently doing some sort of work. Yeah, I love that. And even if it's, you know, 15 minutes, like start, you know, start and build. Um, but, but absolutely. I, I often go back to the, the thought or the concept of there's always enough time, right? So our mind always tells us there's not, right? Our mind always tells us that we're going to run out. We're going to be late. Um, and I used to be someone that, you know, if, if a project wasn't done three days before it was due, it was late. Like I'm not that person that 15 minutes early is late, you know, and 
I think I had to learn that, or I did learn that, you know, there is always enough time. You know, I had, I had something that was due on the first is actually due tomorrow. And I did it yesterday and I knew I'd get it done. You know, I had the time set aside. It was not a big deal. I got it done. I was like, Oh, that was a lot easier. Right. Up building up to that moment though. I thought it was going to take all day and it was going to be this thing. So I think making those small, again, consistent pieces that you can do is going to help build that momentum. And, and for me, at least thinking through the business side of Define University, that's really what's helped me stay consistent over the last two years is, yes, each day looks a little different, each week looks different, each month looks a little different, but I've been able to have this long-term vision, right? I make like an annual vision for the year, but also then I can focus on my short-term goals um, for each week, each month, whatever, each quarter, whatever it might be. And so um, that has, that has definitely, you know, very much helped me stay being able to do all the things mm-hmm. that I do. So, you know, one thing I love to ask guests that come on, because I think it's so important to, um, in, in sharing our story, realize is there will be hiccups, right? Things will happen. There will be challenges, um, but they don't have to define us, right. Or our, um, or our businesses. But I think to counteract those, it's so important to focus on joy and celebration, um, so I would love to know just something, someone, something that, that brings you joy or that inspires you to keep going, especially during maybe some of those more challenging times. What brings me joy, honestly, is my bank account. <laughs> I don't know what people are going to think when they hear that, but uh, I have been broke before, right? I have been without and I have been in a situation where I have gone in debt because I did not have the cash on hand. So now when I can go to my bank account and say, you know what, if something came up, I'm good. I'm good. That is that brings me me joy. You know, the the, the one thing when 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 I've had people come on my show to ask me, like, what is your what is your money why? And my money why has always been I don't want to need it and not have it. And so I'm always trying to bring in the multiple streams of income and then being very responsible with how I spend it. So even I even if I tell my wife, you know, if we want to do this here, that means we need to bring I need to get a consulting job in. Something needs to come in to pay for that, because if I spend from the savings, I'm losing money. The money I stash away is not, you know, it's not for just having, you know, for some people say, oh, when you need it, that's fine. But I don't want to be like, oh, let me go to it. Now, it's, you know, you like it's, it's going down, it's going down, it's going down, it's down. I want to be able to go, okay, I'm stacking this. Now I got something new coming in. So if I want to do this, oh, this is coming in to replace that. So I'm not losing anything. I'm, I'm gaining or I'm, I'm staying where I am, but I'm not losing. So yeah, that brings me joy to be able to say I can put my bills on auto pay and not worry about not having the money in the bank or feeling good about if I needed to put $1,000 in my car right now, not that I want to do it, but I could do it. And not wonder how I where's that thousand dollars coming from. So yeah. No, I, I completely resonate with it. I mean, I, I definitely know there's if, if people aren't haven't really done money mindset work or thought about money in that way, yeah, they might think read or hear this and think like, whoa, that's that's you know different. And I would have been there, I was there a year ago, right? I've but I've spent the last year really focusing on what is money, what does it mean to me? right? What does money allow, right? Money is that tool, right? It's a tool that allows me to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And 
that's a big, you know, piece. When I think of why you talk about your money, why I look at it as your service, why, and your selfish, why, and for me, my selfish, why is money, <laughs> you know, I do what I do and it's, but it's not about the money. It's about what the money allows, right? It's that stress-free. It's not having to constantly check accounts. It's if my daughter says, Hey, can we do a mommy daughter weekend? Of course we can let's go, you know, because I have that budgeted, I have that coming in. So I can have that freedom to say, absolutely, let's go do it. Um, and that's quality time with her um, doing activities that we both love, right? So so I love that. And I do. I think it's, it is about, you know, it's, money's not a bad thing. I think we've got to keep talking about it because if we don't, then it stays, you know, that, that hidden thing that you can't talk about. <laughs> so that's what I think I appreciate most from you is you bring it to the forefront. You know, one of the, I think, first conversations I heard from you was about, you know, teachers deserve to be paid for the work that they do. And, um, you know, both obviously in our schools, but also, you know, in our businesses. So I appreciate that from you. All right. So as we are um, wrapping up, I love to just end episodes with having the guests share kind of their, their, I was gonna say best, but it doesn't even have to be your best, just a piece of advice, um, something that you would love to leave the listeners with today. I like to tell uh, our fellow educators, don't be loyal to a school district, be loyal to your calling, be loyal to your mission. And I say that because when your school district no longer serves your purpose, whether it be financially or for self-care reasons, or for even if you're saying to yourself, I want to be an administrator and you've, you've gone and you've gotten the license and you've, you've taught, you've been an academic coach and your school and you keep applying to these AP positions in your district and they won't hire you. Leave, right? Don't get caught up. This is my school district. I love this school. I love these families. No, it is no longer serving your purpose. And so when that happens, you got to go. Your loyalty is not to that location. Your loyalty is to you, your mission, your calling, and you can align those goals anywhere. So it doesn't have to be at the location. So that's one of the things that I want teachers to understand, because I know so many of them don't make that move because they're comfortable, right? They don't make that move because they're like, well, I have this community of friends or I've been teaching him for so many years. And I'm like, okay, so what? If you really want to be that administrator or if you're saying to yourself, man, if I could go to this school district, that could mean another $10,000 and you want that $10,000. Don't be afraid of saying I want that $10,000 and go get it. So like, Never get caught up in the local because, quite honestly, they're not going to show you that same loyal. So you are a business of one, my friend. And that's what I want educators to to have that mindset. I love it. I resonate with that a whole wholeheartedly. I mean, I've had I just started six year 16 and I think I've been in eight different types of jobs. Can't even say districts because it's only been three districts, but it's been, you know, I've done a little bit of everything. And it's it's really been because that's been my thing. If I'm going to do this, whatever this is for 20, 30 years, I, I, it's got to serve me. I've got to be able to live into my mission. I've got to be able to live into that purpose, that calling that I have. And um, I, yeah, so I completely, you know, back, back that up hundred percent because it really is, it's, it's a part of you, right? It becomes, you know, a part of you. And so if you are waking up every day, dreading where you're going and not feeling valued and this and that, there are other places where you will feel valued. There are other places. And it does take trust, right? And it, and it takes, you know, that, that, that leap, right? That leap of faith, but absolutely out there. I believe it. Um, so I'm so glad you brought that up. 
Um, Dr. Will, if people want to stay connected with you, what's the best place for them to do that? Twitter. Uh, I'm, I am uh, at I am Dr. Will. And just follow me and, uh, you know, you get to engage in some conversation and see some things you may not be expected to see. Because uh, I do talk about my coin, uh, which I think we should all do as well. But uh, I'm really straightforward in, in my conversations. I really do want people to be their best. So uh, hit me up on Twitter and uh, let's, let's have a conversation and grow with each other. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I have so enjoyed our conversation as I knew I would. Um, and I just appreciate your time today. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. All right, listeners, I will see you same time, same place next week with a brand new episode coming your way. Until then, keep on loving who you are, trusting who you are, owning who you are. They will help you define who you are each and every day. Have an amazing week, everybody. I'll talk to you soon.